Get running this fall at Dunkin' with $2 medium iced coffees from 2 to 6 p.m. Try any of Dunkin's delicious iced coffee, like their signature original blend. Or treat yourself to mocha, caramel, or the fall favorite, pumpkin. Always freshly brewed, made just the way you like it. Make time for happy hour and enjoy a $2 medium iced coffee from 2 to 6 p.m. Washington, D.C. runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. You know I'm right, right here on the Double Juice Sports Radio slash podcasting network. Nick Durst here, joined again by Joe Calabrese. And Joe, we got a lot to talk to talk to you about, and both of us will discuss a lot of topics here. But we got to start off with what happened in wrestling over the past three days or four days. And you know what they say, the, the Raw after WrestleMania is usually the best. So will this be the best podcast after WrestleMania? We'll see. But, Joe, overall, before we run through some matches here, what are your overall thoughts on WrestleMania and Raw, which followed? Uh, I, I honestly enjoyed WrestleMania. I enjoyed the whole weekend. I know it was a little weird without, like, seeing an actual stadium crowd of 75, 80,000 people. And as we go one match by match, we're going to, we're going to go over like the best moments of the show and the moments that would have been way better with a, a, a like a big live crowd. But for the most part, I think everybody did very well. I was entertained. Uh, they really, really tried hard for us, and they delivered a, a good show, uh, a quality show. And um, yeah, so I, I can't wait to get into to everything that happened over the weekend. Uh, for the so- most part, we agreed on a lot of things, a lot of things we disagreed with, but... For the most part, I think it was it was a big notch in the of the belt uh, for Vince McMahon and the rest of the the company. Kudos to them. Job well done. Thank you for entertaining us over the weekend. You know, not to get politically, but what do you think Vince said on the call with all the other commissioners of the President of the United States that happened? Uh, I guess wrestling <laughs> the Sunday afternoon. How do you think that went down? Uh, I would like to imagine that all the commissioners and Vince and Guys like Dana White and UFC are pretty restless. Uh, naturally, everybody wants to start their business again. Naturally, everybody wants to start going back to the way things were in the world and start bringing some normalcy to the the country again. Uh, I still think we're a few weeks away from that, probably closer to a month. But I hope the conversation was productive. And hey, listen, we've seen some reports of uh, Major League Baseball starting to possibly put in contingency plans, uh, which we'll talk about later after we talk about WrestleMania. But yeah, so I'm I'm hoping the conversation was good. Uh, I definitely think Vince is antsy. He obviously wants to get talent back on the road. I don't think that's going to be something that's going to happen soon. Uh, We're most likely still going to get recorded Raw and SmackDown shows over the course of the next month. But I'd like to think it was positive. I'm sure it was positive. Uh, nothing really leaked that was negative from the call. So uh, I, I think Donald Trump and all the, those, the, the commissioners are probably on the same page here, like everybody else. Who knows? Maybe uh, wrestling could go into a little eco-chamber, like, like MLB suggested. But we'll get to that. So let's start with the show. Start with the, uh, the match that most people didn't see, which was a quick match, but a good match. And that was Drew Gulak versus Cesaro. Uh, quick four-and-a-half-minute match. Cesaro gets the win there. He hasn't done much winning at WrestleMania since winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, 
But, you know, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this match, but overall, I want to get your thoughts on where they go from, you know, this point on with the Gulak, Dan O'Brien storyline. Uh, very interesting. Uh, again, I agree with you. Good match. It was a good showing for Cesaro. Uh, he needed to have a nice one-on-one match, and, and I think putting him and Gulak on the pre-show there, like the pre-recorded pre-show, uh, was definitely a good idea. Uh, good match. In regard to Gulak and Brian, uh, we shall see. We'll go over the Brian result in a few minutes, but uh, I would not be shocked if they continued uh, aligning together, being part of the show together. Uh, I definitely think they could challenge for the SmackDown tag titles eventually. I think a, uh, a Brian and Gulak versus uh, certain somebody's feud would actually be pretty good. So uh, we'll get to that more later, but that's, that's what I see moving forward. All right, so speaking of tag teams, Kabuki Warrior, Warriors lose a 15-minute match to Bliss and Cross. And, you know, there's a lot of complaining that, uh, oh, Asuka's being booked poorly, but what are your thoughts on this tag team match? <laughs> uh, I think it was a, a good match to open the show. Uh, I think it was a really strong showing from Alexa and Nikki in particular. Uh, I think Alexa has done really, really well since she turned face and aligned herself with Nikki. It's kind of an odd pair tag team, but I think it works very much so. And the Kabuki Warriors, spe- uh, specifically Asuka, since they the WWE started these these pre-recorded shows, have been nothing but entertaining. And they're using Asuka every week, whether they have her in a match, whether they have her on commentary, whether they have her doing a run-in or like a backstage promo or something they've been using asuka a lot which means that the company values her she's not getting booked poorly she's being she's being used as a prominent part of the tv product uh when there's no crowd so they clearly value her uh it was a good match it was a good time for the kabuki warriors to lose the tag titles uh hopefully we start to see asuka doing some more single stuff hopefully we see kari sane do more single stuff you might have a feud possibly uh, with those two against each other at some point in the near future, because Kari Sane is the one that did take the pinfall loss at Mania. But all in all, it was a good match. I really enjoyed it. It was a good opener. Maybe this opens an uh, opportunity for us to see the return of the Iconics, who we both saw win awesome. at WrestleMania in MetLife Stadium last year. And they got a big pop when they won the match. So we'll see if, because now you. Assume you need a heel tag team to challenge Alexa and Nikki. Uh, next match, our guy Elias gets his much-needed WrestleMania win over Corbin. And like we predicted on our last show, Elias just came out very aggressive, no music or anything, and put on a good show. He did. Uh, I like the fact that he hit him with the guitar. Uh, it was exactly what it needed to be. Uh, it was a match that was less than 10 minutes. Uh, it was solid. Uh, Corbin looked good. He had a couple of good moves, especially the one where he goes, likes to slide out of the ring, go around the post. Um, yeah, but all in all, Elias needed a big win. He got a big win. It was very entertaining. Uh, good on Elias. And, uh, we thought that he may not be a part of the show because there were a lot of reports and stuff about this one might miss WrestleMania. This one might miss WrestleMania. Uh, Elias was involved in the angle where he fell off the balcony. So, uh, Good on him. He was a part of the show. He got a big win. I really enjoyed it. Now, the match that was really the most 
controversial for night one. A lot of people on the internet were very upset with the results here. And that would be Becky Lynch retaining her title against Shayna Baszler, just like I told you she would on this show. You did. You did. I picked Shayna. Uh, there are two trains of thought here, right? So, yes, Becky's had a very long Raw women's title length. And it's getting to the point, I think, where now that she's beaten most of the competition on Raw, a lot of people are asking, like, what's next for her? The baddest woman so on the planet a- is what's next for her after she beats Nia yeah. Jax in an upcoming feud. Right. That's that's going to be next. She's going to feud with Nia. But, um, but yeah, so I, I can understand. Some people... We like long title reigns until they happen, and then once they happen, we get restless because we want to see different people involved in the title scene. But on the flip side of this, even though I pick Shayna Baszler, what I will say is from a booking perspective, to have Becky win in that situation, I don't think it's a bad decision because if you're going to push Shayna Baszler, you have to be absolutely certain she could be a star, and I'm just I'm not sure she has it. Nah, she, uh, she, does, think, she doesn't have it. I don't think so. I mean, she could just be like this this one person they roll out there to be a big challenge. Like, you know, like Snitsky or something. Some big person who's just <laughs> like, oh, I'll, I'll do like a main event match and then but I'm going to lose. And, you know, we'll talk about we'll talk about the SmackDown. Be, what are you going to say, Joe? Go ahead. No, I was going to say I think she's the Corbin of the, the, the oh, women's division. Perfect. Darren Corbin. Um, yeah, she's. That's, that's, that's absolutely perfect comparison. And we're going to get to the other two women's matches, um, the title matches. But if you look now, three of the four horsewomen are champs. Um, sure. Wouldn't this be quite a scenario to somehow set up a, uh, a situation where Sasha's like annoyed and they have a fatal four-way for all the titles or something like that? I mean, that would just be something where even if it's a non-title match and then she wins... And then she's like, you're all champs, but I'm better than all of you. Like, thinking about the possibilities there, somehow, somewhere yeah. down the road, they could do something in that regard. And we're going to talk a lot about Sasha when we get to night two. Uh, the other surprising match on night one is Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan, because all we kept hearing was Daniel Bryan was not going to be in this match. Nine, nine minutes, 17 second match, but probably like three minutes of wrestling, because Zayn just kept leaving the ring. I thought Zayn was really just going to take the belt, but he walked out of the ring, got counted out, and champions advantage, lose, and but retain the, the title. But he uh, won by pinfall. He did. It was an interesting match because I think more of it was to about the, the, the craziness that was happening on the outside. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I'm not shocked that Zayn retained. Uh, he had not won a singles championship in WWE until he won the Intercontinental title last month. And he's never had a one-on-one match at WrestleMania, let alone had a WrestleMania win-slash-moment. So uh, I could see why this happened the way it did. Uh, It was, I think, slightly disappointing for me because I expected more of a wrestling match between those two. And I think if you would have given them 10 minutes, the same amount of time to just have a a, a wrestling match, and then then if you would have had everything happen at the end, I think you could have done it like that. So... Uh, slight disappointment, not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, happy that Sammy got a win. And, um, yeah, so to tie in back what you said earlier, uh, I definitely think it makes sense for Brian and Gulak, should they, they go away from the Intercontinental title, 
uh, to go into the tag team scene together. I think their chemistry has improved a lot over the past couple weeks. I think they're fun to watch. I think they're entertaining to watch together. And I think that they would make a good uh, insertion into the tag division. Well, any, anytime you can get The Miz and Dan O'Brien in the feud, you should really go for that. Um, they kind of dropped the ball in that the last two years. But, you know, the, ma- the actual in-ring match of the weekend was the triple threat ladder match for the tag team titles. Morrison, Jimmy Uso, and Kofi. wonder how Jimmy and Jay decided who was going to fight and Kofi and Biggie. But uh, really interesting finish to that match where they all, I knew they were all going to grab the hook and then Morrison just fell with the titles. I knew that was going to happen. It was a great finish. When was the last time you ever saw a finish like that? It never happens. It was great. Hey, hey. Um, ho, ho. Miz and Morrison. Uh, I really enjoyed the ladder match. I think the three of them, and we, again, this is another situation with the New Day where we don't know if one of them was going to compete. We didn't know if both of them were pulled out. It, it, it turned out that Kofi uh, was the one representing the New Day because they made it a one-on-one-on-one ladder match. Uh, but I thought this was a lot of fun. I think given the circumstances, they did a hell of a job. They knocked it out of the park. Yeah, my big problem was just that I don't like The Miz being a tag team. I think he should be like a world title guy, but I don't know. I guess we're not going to really get that anytime soon. So moving on to, um, to the next two matches, Kevin Owens beat Seth Rollins twice. Um, I don't understand Correct. that booking. I think I thought Seth should have won. It would have more sense, but Kevin wins. Um, I think they don't really know where they're going from here with either guy. Uh, but the spot of the weekend would be Kevin Owens jumping off the WrestleMania sign on to Seth Rollins. Yeah, this was a great match. I really enjoyed this. Uh, one of the, the three or four better matches of the weekend, I think. Uh, this was one of those four or five big matches that I think could have went the, either way. If Seth would have won, I wouldn't have been a surprise. It would have been fine. Uh, Owens ended up winning. Technically, he won twice, like you said. Uh, because he won the first match by disqualification, and then he coaxed Seth to come back down to the ring and have him face him in a no disqualification match. Uh, I think jumping off the WrestleMania sign was a nice little wrinkle. I think it was cool. I think it was a, a, a cool way to use the, the setup over there, and uh, it was just very entertaining. I mean, I, I totally understand where you were coming from, thinking Rollins was going to win. Again, it could have won either way, but I think it was a great match. I think it was very entertaining, uh, and again. This was a situation like Kevin Owens, uh, like Sami Zayn, where uh, Owens, his track record at WrestleMania is not really great, and he wasn't even on the main show last year. So uh, it was nice to have him uh, give him a moment. This is only Seth's uh, second clean loss at WrestleMania. His only one, other one came to Randy Orton, so his record is still pretty pristine. Uh, great match all around. I just I enjoyed it. If it's any indication, then. You know, Seth Rollins should probably be walking out of WrestleMania next year as the world champ because I think every time he's lost a WrestleMania match, his next WrestleMania match, he's become champion. I think I think uh, going dating back to everything, that's how it's turned out. But we shall see where they go with that. Now, for the first of the two terrible world title matches of the weekend, in two minutes and eleven seconds, Goldberg and Braun Strowman put on the absolute opposite of a clinic, horrendous match. Um, so. Not smooth at all. Goldberg didn't really care. I mean, he's chewing gum during the match. Uh, Braun wins the match. Yeah, I, I don't know. We, a, we know where they're going with this, so I don't really want to discuss it. Right. But I mean, what? Do you, what? 
Is that is that basically how you thought the match was going to end up? And do you think the match would yeah. be any different if, if it was Reigns versus Goldberg? Uh, it would have probably been a little bit longer. I could have seen them actually pulling off a couple more moves against each other. Uh, I believe that Goldberg probably would have had an easier time setting up Reigns for a jackhammer and a kickout or something. But again, we knew what this was going to be. It was just going to be a quick couple of spears, a couple of power slams. Uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't It was a great match. It wasn't even a match at all. It was like just like a very short fight. But the, 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 the thing to take away is that Braun is now a, a world champion. Yep. And if they need him to feud with Roman Reigns or maybe they, they have him feud with like Corbin before they jump into that or you possibly have Bray and Braun, which hasn't really been touched as a feud and since they were in the Wyatt family. There are a couple of possibilities here. Uh, so I'm happy for Braun. I think he deserved to win a world championship. It's probably a year or two too late from the moment he was probably the most popular and hot. But again, I have I have no issues with it. I knew the match was going to suck, but at least Braun won the title. And then your favorite match of all time, which uh, was five days of pre-production, took eight hours to shoot, and that was the Boneyard match. Um, we still don't know the rules to the match, but we assume it was a very live type <laughs> of match, and The Undertaker won. Um, yeah, I, I don't really like the way they uh, they booked AJ throughout this whole feud. He didn't get the upper hand once in the whole buildup. Um, I, I, I don't really like the way this, this played out, but you did love the match, so go ahead and, and praise it. I did. Uh, I think it was so cool because it felt like The Undertaker was – like Steven Seagal in like at the final scene, like a, like a, like a, an action movie or something where he's just like fighting everybody off. Uh, I like the fact that they had him come out on the motorcycle to Metallica, having him as an American badass in that situation, I think as like a hybrid character was, it was really cool to watch. And I just like the theatrics of it. You know what I mean? It so, was, so, it was, so what's next, produced. what's next for AJ? I think he's got, he has to drop, he has to drop, uh, Kyle's Anderson and goes solo. I mean, they've been they've done nothing good for him being associated with him. He's the solo guy. I think he should be a face. I don't know if we're going to see that anytime soon, but I don't know what's next for him. Well, he's the face that runs the place. Yeah, not well, a, he used to but that was. I mean, that was good. Good. That was a great run by him. But and what's next for the Undertaker? Do we see him in Saudi Arabia, or do we maybe we just wait wait until uh, next WrestleMania, or is he done? What do you think? Um, I think he'll be back before the end of the year. I don't know if he'll be back by SummerSlam, but I but I'll say that he'll be involved in one more feud this year with somebody. Who I don't know. It might be at SummerSlam. It might be at Survivor Series. But uh, I think you'll see Taker one more time this year. And in, uh, now we're to talk about AJ. Um, I just I think the end of this, he'll come off with some more humility. So you might be right. He might come out of this and say, Gals and Anderson, like you weren't there for me when I needed you the most. You sucked. I'm better off without you. Uh, that's probably the, what's going to happen next. We might not see AJ for a couple of weeks on WWE TV to really sell the whole fact that he got buried alive. But yeah, we'll he see should, what happens. He should come back with like a totally new gimmick, like haircut, just like totally different. Like that's what they should always do with these buried alive matches. But we'll see. Uh, night two, 
Uh, Liv Morgan gets a much-deserved win over Natalia, so that was good for her. And then you got the NXT Women's Championship match. Charlotte defeats Rhea Ripley, as I predicted. Now the news comes out uh, this week that Rhea Ripley's work visa expired, so she's going to be back in Australia. So what do you take away from, from this whole situation uh, match, Joe? Oh, it stinks. Um, I, like I said... So on the last podcast, I said that the match that I think was going to steal the show over the weekend was Charlotte Flair against Rhea Ripley. And this is my opinion. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me. I know you agree, like, a decent amount with me. Uh, I thought it was the best match of the weekend. And now we're talking strictly in terms of, like, a wrestling match, like what happened in the performance center and in the ring. Um the match absolutely delivered. It was great. The psychology of the match was great. And you ended up being right. Charlotte won. And this is one of those situations where I feel like for Rhea, it, a lot of people think that she might have been buried. I hate that term. Nobody knows how to use it. Uh, a the lot other, of the only like, person who was buried was AJ. I mean, that's, that's it. That is, <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. So... You have to remember, Rhea Ripley is 23 years old. Rhea Ripley just had the greatest eight-month stretch of her career. She went from NXT UK to NXT. She was involved with the War Games match at Survivor Series weekend, and she won that match for her team four-on-two down, which is impressive. She then went on to beat Shayna Baszler for the NXT title, and then she went on to challenge the 2020 Women's Royal Rumble winner, Charlotte Flair, for a match at WrestleMania. So... This is one of those situations where the fact that Rhea was at a WrestleMania at 23 years old wrestling Charlotte Flair and having the best match of the night, that's going to do wonders for her career. Now, when you look at Rhea Ripley's character, she's way more brawn than she is brains. She dives headfirst into everything. She's young. I wouldn't say she's immature, but she needs to learn the mental, tactical side of what it means to be a WWE superstar, right? So... Charlotte got the best of her here. Uh, I guarantee you this is a match that we will see again. Uh, my prediction is that this is a match that you will see again at WrestleMania. Whether it happens next year, whether it happens the year after that, chances are this match will happen again at WrestleMania. Uh, these two fem- like these are two probably two of the three or four best female talents in the entire company, and it showed. Wow. So, uh, you are very high yeah, on your record. Yeah. Her, but I'm also high on Charlotte Flair because she absolutely elevated uh, Rhea in that match. So a lot of people may not necessarily know who Rhea is because, again, she's she's strictly NXT. You've only really seen her on Raw and SmackDown a few times. Uh, you saw her on SmackDown before Survivor Series and you saw her, saw her on Raw, I think, twice before uh, WrestleMania. So a lot of the casual fans may have heard of her, but they don't really necessarily know her. So... Uh, this was just to basically give you a taste of who Rhea Ripley is. And I think she passed with flying colors. I'm not really going to be concerned that she lost. I am concerned about the work visa situation and the fact that she has to now be an Australian. She will likely be in Australia until a lot of the- COVID-19 is still around, but that doesn't mean the Army ROTC programs are not there for you. Earn scholarships for school and pursue the career you want. The leadership-developing Army ROTC classes will give any full-time student the focus and resources that can open doors down the road. Start sharpening the skills that will carve out your future today. Learn how at GoArmy.com ROTC. 
Army ROTC, now accepting college scholarship applications. Visit GoArmy.com slash money for college. Most pancake syrups contain artificial flavors, artificial colors, and high fructose corn syrup. But there's an all-natural option free of additives in the same aisle. Real maple syrup from Canada is made from one ingredient. So turn the bottle and check the label. Is your syrup real maple? 100% pure maple, straight from Mother Nature herself. One ingredient, one source, one flavor. PureMapleFromCanada.com Stuff blows over and the travel restrictions are lifted and everything goes back to normal. So uh, we shall see what happens with that, but... Uh, you won't see Ripley on NXT TV likely for a couple of weeks. So, and uh, I just want to say, I want to say sorry, Adam Cole, move over because this is the Queen's show now. I mean, there's it's going to be it's going to be booked around her, which it should be. Uh, Next match, uh, a match that went way too long, had the wrong winner. Alistair Black meets Bobby Lashley, and the only takeaway from this is that Lashley and Lana are headed for a divorce, and Lana is now a brunette. What are your thoughts on Lana's new hairstyle, Joe? Well, I like Black. The match was better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest. It wasn't great by any stretch, but it was just – it was fine. Uh, the story they're clearly telling is a story you're, you're, you're getting at is that uh, Lashley is starting to get sick of Lana. And he said that in his post-WrestleMania match promo. So you will likely see at some point in the next couple of weeks Lashley kick Lana to the curb which I think will benefit both of so them. So Lashley's because... going to go face there, or they're going to turn Lana face like, oh, the poor girl, she got no, dumped. I think, uh, I think Lashley is going to go face. Great. Because him him heel right now is just is not working. So they need, they need we'll to get, give him a jolt. So maybe we'll get that Lashley-Lesnar match at some point. Yeah, That'd that's... Good. It's weird because I think a lot of people right now don't necessarily love seeing Lashley. But a lot of people want to see Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley, whether that's at SummerSlam, whether that's later on in the year at Survivor Series, whether they do it on a, another bigger pay-per-view or a smaller pay-per-view. It's a match people want to see, and I want to see it too. So, But yeah, so I think the right guy won here, and I think they're telling the right story. Bobby and, Lash, uh, and uh, Lana are headed for a divorce. Now, in a true match, which really was totally you know, spoiled by no audience, and... and Really, you know, the audience is going to take it away from what would have been literally an all-time great pop and WrestleMania moment. Like, you're talking right up there with Rock Hogan and Hogan Andre. And that was when Otis defeated Dolph Ziggler and he kissed Mandy Rose. Could you imagine that 80,000 people, how nuts they would have been going, other than a few people who were like, oh my gosh, Ziggler should have won. I mean, could you, could you imagine the, the pop that you would have heard for Otis? Yeah, this... This is the match that suffered for not being in front of 75,000 people. Uh, I think they uh, – this this match was fun. I'll be honest because Sonya uh, Deville came out to the ring with Ziggler and Otis ended up coming out by himself. He wasn't with Tucker and Mandy didn't come out until later in the match. So Otis kind of went at it alone for a bit and, and Sonya was kind of like cheering on Dolph and saying like, come on, come on. And then as soon as Mandy comes out – that's everybody knew exactly what was happening because she came out, she went right after Sonya, and, and then when she went around and low blowed Ziggler, I was, I was freaking out. I was so so happy, and yeah, you're right. This would have been an all time WrestleMania moment. 
this would have been like Savage, like Macho Man and Li- Miss Elizabeth at WrestleMania, like times ten. Yeah. This was like this was like this was like an all time feel good story. You know, this was like the good guy won. You know what I mean? You don't see a lot of that in wrestling sometimes. Right. Rick Patino, new new head coach at Iowa College, big, big fan of this this uh yeah. this outcome. Uh but yeah, I mean keep an eye on these four for the uh the next edition of the Mixed Match Challenge on Facebook whenever that happens. Also love to see the Miz and Oscar win again, but is this the year we finally see Mandy Rose get her much-deserved push and become, uh, I don't know if she's going to become champion, but at least be in the, the title picture this year? Yeah, I think so. I think a face, she's now, now obviously now she turned face. Uh, I don't know if she'll win Money in the Bank necessarily, but I can see a situation where she has a match with Bailey for the title sometime in the next two or three months. I think that's very possible. And we'll see if she manages Golden Machinery to a tag title. So we'll see. Uh, like ne- next match here uh, was a really, 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 really long match. Uh, R- Randy Orton versus Edge. Edge won 36-43 was the time of the match. So over half hour. Longest match of all WrestleMania. Um, well shot. Um, I don't know if they did that in one shot or if it was you know broken up. But um, good effort by both men. Edge gets his win. I'd imagine we don't see either guy for quite some time. And um, we probably won't see Edge until at least we have uh, arenas full of people again. Right. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, It was a good match. It was just – it was too long. It was the second longest match in WrestleMania history behind the the Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12. And, again, it was good – they hit like they went everywhere in the performance center. Uh, it was fun to track down, but considering that was the ending that they went with, they could have easily have chopped off ten minutes of that match and given it to a couple of other talents. But I mean, it wasn't like it was a bad match. It was good. It was just too long. And in the case of me, who was watching with my grandma, who was actually a huge wrestling fan, you know, she's the one who got me into it. And I made my mom watch it over the weekend. She she tends to watch with us every now and then. Um, they mostly liked everything. But the match that they didn't like the most was this match because of the length. They were just like, oh, it was too long. It, it dragged a little bit. So, I mean, I got – it's this match was, I think, pretty 50-50 with everybody. Most people knew it was a good last man standing match. But just sometimes when you're watching something and it feels like it drags, it drags. It, it, you, know, you, some, you know when you get taken out of something? That's what I feel like a lot of this was here. A lot of people knew that Edge and Orton were like going above and beyond to try to to to, to really, you know, hammer it home and entertain us. But again, I feel like ten minutes of this could have probably been better used somewhere else during the show. But for what it was worth, it was a good match. Edge had a great showing. And you're right, you're probably not gonna see both guys for at least a couple of months. So uh let's let's hope for the best and Let's hope that Edge, um, now that he's back in the ring and doing stuff like this, let's hope he doesn't hurt himself, you know, because the last thing you'd want is for somebody to come back and then to have to go right back out on the shelf. Next match, Street Profits retained their tag titles against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. We knew that was going to happen. Um, but Bianca Belair comes to the aid of her husband and uh, attacks Zelina Vega. 
So, Bianca Belair, uh, it's funny, everyone's like, oh, she finally got called to the main roster, but just a few weeks ago, everyone's yeah. saying that NXT is part of the main roster. So, who the heck knows? We'll see where that follows. We saw this rematch again on Raw, and then they had a three-on-three match, so we'll keep an eye on that. And then the next match was the five-way elimination match for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and that was a just about a 20-minute match. Tamina eliminated first, Naomi eliminated next. Then the shock was Sasha got eliminated, and then Bailey defeated Lacey by pinfall there. Um, I'm okay with Sasha not winning this. If it's definitely going to lead to Sasha versus Bailey in a one-on-one match in front of fans where Sasha is the face and wins. If it's not going to lead to that, then it was the right time to either have Sasha win or put Lacey Evans over, and then they could tease Descent between Sasha and Bailey, and that's how Lacey won. But Bailey wins the match. Uh, overall, good match. What are your thoughts on this whole storyline, Joe? Uh, I agree entirely with what you just said. And this goes back to something we talked about on the previous podcast: is that Sasha and Bailey did not want the one-on-one match at WrestleMania because they felt like they weren't going to get proper timing. Now, with the way this ended up working out with no fans and the, the, the recording at the Performance Center, maybe they would have been better served to have the one-on-one match there. You know, you never know. But um, in terms of actually wrestling, it was a good match. All the women's matches delivered this weekend, all of them are good. Uh, Sasha being eliminated definitely was shocking to me because I thought she would win. And I was kind of upset a little bit because I do want her to get the title back. But I agree with you. Uh, they're clearly setting up having a Sasha versus Bailey one-on-one match at some point could be at SummerSlam and Boston. Uh, it's boss time. Boss time. I think if they do uh, that, I think if they do that one-on-one match at SummerSlam and you know, well, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if there's going to be fans at that point, but if there is, that should definitely with or without fans. I think that's, that should be your SummerSlam main event just because of the history that these two have in August facing each other, just incredible matches. I think, and then they're they're talented enough in the ring that they can deliver in that spot. Absolutely. And the next thing we have here is the, the Firefly Funhouse segment. So people are saying The Fiend won. You know what? There was no ref, so we don't even know if it was a match. <laughs> it seems to be like a dream or a, an illusion or whatever, but um, pretty trippy stuff there. I know you absolutely love that. Um, I did. So really what, do you, what do you think? I, I mean, I don't want to really talk about the, the segment too much. What do you? Th- I just want to know what do you think is next for both men. So with John Cena, obviously everybody knows he is now a big Hollywood movie star. He is in commercials. Uh, he hosts his own television shows. We are at the point where uh, we've been at this point now for a couple of years, but now it's it's really ringing home that John Cena. Uh, He's not coming home anymore. You know what I mean? He's he's beholden to Hollywood. So I think this was, in a way, a way to send off Cena, but at the same time kind of preserve the character who everybody knows and loves. And I think that they did a very, very good job of that. And uh, so a lot of what the internet has always wanted was John Cena to turn heel. So I think the the nicest and the coolest thing that they did with this segment was that they told a pretty linear story. They told a story from Cena's beginning up until the point where 
had he would have hit Bray Wyatt with the chair in their first match at WrestleMania 30, that would have turned him heel. So there were a lot of different layers to this, but basically it told a, a sequential story of John Cena's career and how it would have been had he turned heel. So um, I think it, was, it wasn't so much a wrestling match that it was a, a mental match. And again, I just think what they did was so cool for both guys. Uh, it really, really put over Bray Wyatt in a huge way, in a way that a one, two, three, like, like win in the ring would have never been able to do. And the fact that John Cena did it had creative input and had and made the decision to include everything that he did on his own uh, was absolutely fabulous. I think both guys hit a home run, and I think it was one of the greatest things that WWE has ever produced. So do we see another John Cena match, a real match ever again? Uh, yes, I think so. But I think the interesting thing is he you, you don't know if he's going to come back as the old Cena. Now, if he does, then it's going to be business as usual, whatever. But if you see a different John Cena... That would be the direct result of this, which again would be cool. So, who knows at this point? But Cena should come back and help the Miz and Elias. I don't know. I don't know what regard, <laughs> but those are the two guys yeah, who uh, should be uh, Nick, helping. Nick, their stream stable. I mean, but if you look at his Elias. WrestleMania mat, like history or his history, like other than Randy Orton, his most of his feuds have been with the Miz or Elias. So. You know, right. there is history there, and maybe he pulls like you know the Rock. He just randomly came back. For a rock and sock connection at MSG to take on Evolution, just like so random. How would you feel? How would you feel next year WrestleMania in Hollywood? You get Hollywood John Cena, and you get either uh, the Miz or Elias as his opponent in a big like match where the title it. match. Yeah, because I think we need to have John Cena go for number seventeen, whether he wins or not. Like that, that's a storyline right there, don't you think? I agree. I I totally agree. The the question about that is do you have Cena win 17 at WrestleMania or do you have him win 17 at a show like the Royal Rumble and then go into WrestleMania as the defending champion? You know what I mean? Like that's uh, You think they're going to make him win really 17? Win number 17? It depends because you would need such a big heel to do that. Uh, I think he'd have to win the Royal Rumble. I, I mean, I, it, has to, it has to be at WrestleMania, I think. For, for it to work. That's, that's fair. That's totally like, fair. Who would be, I don't know, there's no, there's no like huge heel, you know? I mean. Right. It's just, I don't know. But I don't know what, I don't know what Hollywood John Cena would be. You know, I, I don't know, I don't know what, what that character would be. I don't know either. It would have to be different Hogan and The Rock though, a little bit. He would have to put his own spin on it. Now, before we get to the next match, you know, there's a reason why this podcast is called You Know I'm Right. Uh, I predicted that Gronk would be the 24-7 champ, and he still is. And uh, he's going to hold that belt to at least, at least SummerSlam uh, and when, when, they're, when they're supposed to be in Boston. But what do you, what do you think of Gronk hosting, along with Mojo Rawley and Titus O'Neil? Those were, the, all those segments were fun. I think the best one was when R-Truth was there with Mojo and Gronk and was like, I'm the champion. Hide me. And they were like, nope. And they went right after him. They were fun. They were entertaining. I like Gronk. Gronk would have got, got a huge perfectly. pop winning the 24-7 title in front of all the fans. But, what? And, uh, the other rumor that I, the other thing I saw was Tyson Fury came out and said, I was supposed to wrestle at WrestleMania, which we kind of knew that. 
but obviously couldn't because of coronavirus. So I wonder, I wonder who he would have been taking on. I, I guess he would have been teaming with um, Braun Strowman in some capacity to take on Corbin or some and somebody else, maybe Bobby Roode or something. Yeah, I agree with that. It would have probably been a tag team with Braun because they would they buried the hatchet. Remember with the yep. handshake. Yep. Um, and then the final two matches of the night, um, we have first the title match, which was super short and didn't really tell any story, which was Drew McIntyre beating Brock Lesnar. And then right after that, he decided to go to the back. And then for some reason, he's like, you know, let me go back to the ring where nobody is to an interview. We could just do it in the back. And then he takes on the Big Show and beats him in a much better match. I was actually hoping the Big Show was going to win because that would have been hysterical. Um, but for the first time in WrestleMania history, we have... Two guys who both won two matches in one night with Owens and McIntyre. So, what'd you think of great. what'd you think of Lesnar and McIntyre in, in the main event, and what'd you think of the dark match between uh, Big Show and Drew McIntyre? So, I'm happy that McIntyre won the title. I'm disappointed that the match was the way it was because it seemed like Brock just wanted to go in, do all the big stuff. Not really have to break a sweat for longer than five minutes or so and uh, get out. So the match was a big-time disappointment. The dark match against the Big Show was actually a much better match. Much better. Um, Is that Big Show's last yeah, WrestleMania so, match? Uh, I would think so. I think, I think Big Show, his last match... In his career is going to be like him and Kane taking on two young guys and just beating them <laughs> together. And that's going to be like him and Kane's last match. That's funny. Um, to be honest, I mean, you, could, you couldn't you could have a better way to, to leave the, like, the wrestling industry than losing a world championship match at WrestleMania, you know? It's the very first WrestleMania that ever had a dark match. Main event. That's a first. It's the main event. It's a f- weird. So weird. But, um, like why, but yeah, they, why so, couldn't they just do that segment on Raw and say it was on Raw? Like why? It, it, and it was all taped anyway. Raw was taped as well. Why did they decide to say oh, well, it was I think, WrestleMania? Well, I think they want the because you know how WWE is weird with like stats and stuff, like the the way they present stuff. I think they wanted McIntyre to get credit for two wins at WrestleMania. That's why. So, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think it would have just been better having it as, like, the final Raw segment where, like, McIntyre comes out and he says, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Obviously, you, you don't have the post-Raw WrestleMania, uh, post-WrestleMania Raw crowd where everybody's always chanted, oh, you deserve it or something. But uh, McIntyre would have been much better just coming out saying, thank you. Big show interrupts and says, hey, listen, blah, 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 ask for a title match gets McIntyre to put the title on the line, that would have been way better. You know, they didn't need to have to, to do it as like a, like a post-WrestleMania, like dark match, dark match thing. I, th- I thought that was silly. But whatever. The match, the actual match against Big Show was good. So no complaints. All right. So that's WrestleMania weekend. And we were told that uh, SmackDown and Raw next were going to be filmed live. So they will actually be live shows from the Performance Center. So we'll see. What happens after that? Now, the other huge news from the week is that MLB is planning to begin their season, or maybe actually have most of their season, four and a half months perhaps, of games just in Arizona. Uh, You know, it's going to be scorching hot out there. 
when they're not playing the Chase Field game. It's going to be 110 degrees. And you have to factor in that I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of games played in this, during the day because the East Coast teams are going to have to play 4 o'clock games so that their home market's over here. Um, it's 7 o'clock Eastern. And it's just going to be really, really interesting. But, you know, I think most people just want to see sports at this point and we'll take what we can get, especially from MLB. Especially if MLB is coming back to start the season before ML- NBA or NHL are going to resume theirs. So what was your initial thoughts when you, you heard this news? I'm happy. Uh, again, like everything going on right now, uh, the first thing would have to be just compromise. And I think given the circumstances, uh, there was clearly some thought put into this. And I think there's a lot of compromising here. And you're 100% right, especially in regards to the teams that play on the East Coast. Uh, the timing of these games will have to be structured uh, in a way that best suits the, the, the all the teams as a whole. Right, but especially, I think when the concept well, especially when they're saying there's going to be two or three games per day at a field, so you know, right. it's going to be it's going to be all over the place. Yeah, and they have to make sure that everything is disinfected and all the the locker rooms and stuff. Like everybody gets in, gets out properly. Um, there's a proper transitioning in place between each team, and then the next team that plays the next game, and then the next teams that play the next game. So. Uh, we'll see how that works. But again, I'm with you. I think baseball is better than no baseball. And I don't mind watching a month or two of baseball with the teams just playing into empty stadiums if that signals that we're going to start to slowly get everything back to normal. Absolutely. And we'll have to just monitor that and see how you know, stats are looked back upon for the season. Because I think if you're playing in Arizona outside, like a dry heat, that might benefit the hitters. But... We'll, we'll have to just wait and see on that. And what's the Diamondbacks get to play all their home games at their stadium, or are they purposely moving them around so nobody has a competitive advantage? A lot of things to, to figure out there. And so obviously, we're going to get a brand new schedule for the season. So you're probably not going to see interleague play. You're probably just going to see like mostly division games for the most part. Uh, but we'll have to just you know really wait and see on that. Uh, the other big news was. Mike Francesa started answering fans' Twitter questions. What did you think of that? I thought he was, like, hacked at first. I was totally shocked. It took him long enough. The best question was someone was like, imagine being quarantined with Mad Dog, and he wrote, no. No. (laughs) He would kill him. And the other one was, is Diet Pepsi a suitable substitution for Diet Coke, and he wrote, no. So, no. Hey, listen, it's got a sense of humor. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, that's going to do it for You Know I'm Right. hope you enjoyed this episode. And you can stay tuned here on WG Sports Network for the latest breaking news on all sports. And until next time, everybody, stay healthy. Hear that? That's the sound of someone trying to steal your crypto. Every day, thousands of hackers online are doing the same. That's why Arculus uses air-gapped cold storage technology to protect your assets. Using our keycard and wallet app to form a protective barrier, 
Arculus insulates you from hackers and puts control of your digital assets back in your hands. Order the first truly air-gapped crypto wallet at GetArculus.com.